For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! This is Rhett from the Cannon Fire Podcast, and I am so excited to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, the East Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are a Florida nonprofit organization sponsoring youth cheerleading for ages 5 to 15 and full contact football teams for ages 5 to 14. Right now, registration is open and teams are looking for athletes and cheer coaches. Register now, but hurry, teams are filling up fast. Climb aboard and join the crew. Fire the cannons and go Bucks. back ladies and gentlemen to a brand new episode of the cannon fire podcast joining you today for episode 61 and probably the biggest show of the year it's that time the 2019 season prediction show and we're going to be doing it live on youtube so if you're watching this it is saturday july 20th at 6 p.m thank you so much for joining us and I said it's our biggest show of the year, sometimes our most controversial show of the year because we haven't always been right, but we're here to give you our opinion at the end of the day, and uh, it's going to be a good one. So welcome back to the show. If you're new around here, I am your host, Rhett. Joining alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. Evan, how you doing today, man? Doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm getting ready to get these season predictions underway. And uh, before we jump in there, we do have kind of an announcement. Some technical upgrades for this show. Our boy Evan went out, got himself a new studio microphone. So uh, you're coming in loud and clear, buddy. And it uh, it sounds really, really good. What's the, what's the mic you ended up buying? I ended up purchasing, I went to Best Buy, and um, I got the Blue Snowball. And it's I believe it's the ice version. So it's the cheapest one. It's not that much. It's like fifty bucks. Um, they had a few other ones there that were like seventy bucks, but I figured you know for this, um, this this would work just fine. And so far, I mean, I tested it out a few times, and you you said it sounds good. So really, uh, really happy with it so far. It's simple. You just you have the mic here. You plug it in. If you have a USB in your computer, you plug it into the USB and. There you go. Oh, yeah. It's a solid microphone. The uh, the, the blue <clears throat> Snowball was actually the one that I used before. I've got my mic now. So even, you know, the first year of the show and the podcast you and I have been doing for three, four plus years now, that was my first microphone. Hell of a mic. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're sounding good. So we still got you coming through the Skype feed. Actually, my first time, 
first time ever doing it on a computer. I, you know, if you guys notice, like, I'm never on my phone or whatever during the show. Like, it's <laughs> I make mean, my phone's right here, but yeah, it's because I'm on my phone. Like, I'm recording on my phone, and that's why, like, when I don't have headphones in on my phone, that's why my sound isn't the greatest. So, and, and just once, trying to improve the show. <laughs> once you get the liberty to move that extra hand around and actually check your phone, so you can mm -hmm. fact check something. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a great mm -hmm. feeling. But ladies and gentlemen, we are here to get into season predictions today. Uh, we talked about this show last week. We talked about doing it live, so we're going to use the YouTube <coughs> premiere feature. We're going to do that for you. And if you're listening on any of our other outlets, just tune in and pretend we didn't say anything about any sort of video. But if you do want to watch the video, check us out at YouTube.com and, of course, BucksReport.com. So, seems like the offseason has led up until this moment. A ton has been said, a lot of speculation about this 2019 Buccaneers season. Head coach Bruce Arians' first season in Tampa. We're hoping he can change the culture and turn things around. This is a team that went 5-11 two years in a row. So they're going to want to turn things around, and, and let's break down how we think we can do that. It's a storyline season for more than one reason. And, uh, of course, we'll break that down and we'll get into that today. But... I guess we should just start at week one, huh? Let's do it. Let's do it. So week <clears throat> one of the 2019 Tampa Bay Buccaneers season, they started at home against the San Francisco 49ers, a team that they played in Raymond James less than a year ago. Uh, the Bucks take on the San Francisco 49ers at home to open the season. This is an interesting matchup between two younger teams who have quite a bit to prove. San Francisco is in a situation where they have some guys that still need to step up, but they'll ultimately be riding on returning quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G is returning from a season-ending ACL injury and hasn't played an ounce of football since last September. He's what I would consider a question mark. You really don't know how he's going to play, especially the first week of the season. So there's going to be some question marks going into it. But looking at what else this team is going to need help on. I think what they're uncertain on is uh, is their receiving core and their secondary as well. The wide receiver unit doesn't have a whole lot of experience outside of guys like Marquise Goodwin and Jordan Matthews. If you throw out one of those two players, or even both, there isn't anybody else, I think, with more than two or three years of experience in the league. So, depending on how Jimmy G is going to do, depending on how he can gel with those receivers, um... I think they're going to have some trouble offensively. <clears throat> Defensively, we can talk about that in a second. But offensively, I think they're going to have some trouble, and Jimmy G's going to have to gel. Uh, what are you thinking about this week one? Well, I mean, what you said is pr pretty much true. I mean, the receiving core isn't the greatest. It's probably, of their offense, it's probably the weakness. Um, I had down in my notes here that it would be Jimmy Garoppolo's first game back in almost a year. Um so, yeah, like I believe he got injured in like week three of last year or something. So, yeah, that, that's going to be tough for him. Um, obviously, I'm not saying he's not going to play because he's going to play. He's been cleared. It's just after a gruesome injury like that, your first game back, you're not going to be the uh, exact same player you were. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of question marks with this 49ers team because last year they were the darling to basically go to the playoffs. Yeah, and that didn't happen, and now they are sort of stuck in, in a weird spot, kind of like the Bucks are, um, where like they could be good if this, this, this happened, but they could be bad if this, this, this happened. So, yeah. um, I think yeah, having Jimmy G's first game back is going to hurt the 49ers, 
Um, I have in my notes here that the Bucks are actually lucky that the the game is week one and not like week nine, week ten, because if Jimmy G starts to get going, I feel like he's a guy that can that can you know gets better as the year goes on, and I feel like this 49ers team could definitely do that. So yeah, Bucks are catching them at the right time. So. Um, did you want to go on the defense? Or did you want me to make my prediction here? I was actually, I was actually going to pick up off of what you said and transition into the defense. Uh, you, you brought up Jimmy G coming back from injury. There's another Major guy on injury. that San Francisco yep. team that's going to be coming back from injury, and it's a big storyline for Bucks fans. That you know is, very well. Yeah, we all know him very well. Haven't spoken too much on him since he signed with San Francisco, but that's former Bucks linebacker Quan Alexander. He's going to be making his return, and he's going to be hungry to make a statement week one in Tampa against his former team. So, uh, I mean, with that linebacker core, do you think they could give him trouble? Give the Bucks trouble? I yeah, mean, give the Bucks trouble on offense. It's another thing. Like, how, like, is Quan going to be 100% healthy? I don't know. Like, that's tricky because you you don't want to rush him, but you know he's going to want to play in this game. If this was like week five, week six, he'd probably definitely play and he'd be fine. But, I mean, week one, I don't expect him to be do much in the preseason. You know he's going to want to play. I wrote in my notes here, did San Francisco do enough to improve their defense? Um, they went out and they got Alexander. They drafted Nick Bosa, who I, I'll i be more worried about Nick Bosa than I am Quan Alexander. Um, so they also had DeForest Buckner, who's a really good player. Um, Richard Sherman in the secondary. Excuse me, but... Richard Sherman's like kind of a question mark, though. He's going to... Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, not I the mean, same Richard Sherman that he was. No, no, but I mean, he's still decent, Um and I think that's a big question for their defense. That's the biggest question, I think, is their secondary. Secondary that had, I believe, what, like two interceptions last year or something. Like, the Bucks were horrible at intercepting the ball. The 49ers were worse. So, um, I feel like that's a big thing. Um, like I said, I, I just I wouldn't want to play him later in the year. After Bosa's been developing, Quan gets fully healthy. Jimmy G gets fully healthy. Um, they also have Jarek McKinnon running back coming off a major injury as well. So I feel like the Bucks are catching him at the right time. Yeah, definitely. So uh, so with that being said, man, I'll give my prediction, and then I'll toss it to you to give yours. Looking at this San Francisco team coming in, as you brought up, it is going to be week one. It's prime position for a team that kind of has to figure out what their pace is going to be with some injured stars coming back. I think this is a winnable game for Tampa Bay at home, and I think they get it done 31-24, to and they're 1-0 on the year. Yeah, I I didn't do any, any scores. Um, I can like basically say I do think this game is going to be a little bit sloppy. Um, just because first game of the year, it's never the best football. Um, guys are basically the starters have had two weeks off basically because they don't play the fourth preseason game. So especially in the 49ers case, like, you know, Jimmy G, I would assume he's going to play a little bit in the preseason, um, uh, just because they don't want his first ever action in a year to be, you know, when it matters. But, um, we'll see. I do have this as a win also. Uh, I believe that the Buccaneers are going to start off 1-0. Uh, this is a very winnable game at home uh, against a football team that is very similar to you, but I feel like you're the better team. Um, you beat them last year. I understand that 
Um, last year was different. They didn't have the, you know, they started Nick Mullins last year. Um, and they didn't have Nick Bosa last year, and uh, they, Jerry McKinnon was still injured. But yeah, I feel the, like Ruben the Bucks, Foster just got pulled out like the day before the day yeah, of the game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, like the day before the game, Ruben Foster got arrested and was put in jail. Yeah, so they had that whole thing around them. It's gonna be less drama on the 49ers side this time, but I do think the Bucks uh, get it done. If I had to do a score, I don't really like doing this, but we'll give it. Um, just to just to play play along, um, twenty six twenty Buccaneers. Yeah, scores or predicting scores is tough. I never really like it either, but I think it's another factor just to see how close you can get. Maybe set the tone of what kind of game it's going to be. But with San Francisco, while we're on the topic of former Buccaneers, moving on to week two, Tampa travels to Carolina to take on resident crybaby Gerald McCoy and the Carolina wow. Panthers in Carolina. Um, division games always bring an extra element to the game. They're harder to predict, uh, but looking at this Panthers team, here's what we know. This is a defense that almost always gives Tampa problems when they match up with pieces like Luke Keekley being one of the top linebacker talents in the NFL, defensive lineman Kawan Short, and then, I mean, now you add in the combination of him and Gerald McCoy, we haven't talked at all about Gerald McCoy since his exit. I, I think, like, once it was done, I don't think we mentioned him but one time here on the entire show. Now we kind of have to talk about him because you have to kind of game plan and know what to expect. But with the combination of him and Kawan Short, we've seen McCoy make other people better in the past. He definitely has some left in the tank. Um, we haven't talked about him, but but now we have to. Uh Another big strength I see of this Carolina team is running back Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's the definition of an X-factor. Christian McCaffrey has the ability to make something out of nothing, and he can catch a defense sleeping at some of the worst times because we've seen it. He's given the Bucks hell in the past, and it wouldn't surprise me very much to see him doing it again. Uh, mm. What else do you see in this Carolina team? Well, I have in my notes here that I thought that they had a very underrated offseason. I feel like not many people are talking about them, and they kind of should. I feel like they they did improve a little bit, maybe not on the offensive side of the ball as much as uh, you would have liked to see. But, um, you know, they first round drafted Brian Brian Burns, I think probably what – probably the second best pure pass rusher in the draft, maybe even the best regarded by some. So sorry about that. Um, so you had add him to the mix to a defensive line that has, like you said, Quan Short, Joe McCoy, uh, Don Terry Poe, I believe is still there. Um, so, or maybe he, no, nah, yeah, yeah, he's there. Um, so there is some trouble there. Uh, Luke Keekley obviously still there. Uh, secondary, secondary is still a little shaky. Um, now, but also in the draft, they drafted Greg Little. I like Greg Little. Will Greer, they drafted, who's not really going to play. But Christian Miller. Christian Miller is the defensive end from Alabama. Um, I think he's really good. I think it was an underrated move by them. So their defense, to me, their defense, their front seven is going to be really good. And I think that the Buccaneers are going to have trouble. Uh, another thing I put in my notes is Bucks don't really do well in Carolina. Like, every time they beat the Panthers, it seems to be in Tampa. Um, and normal, like even, like, in Carolina, it's normally not really that close of a game. 
Uh, they haven't beaten the Panthers since weeks. Um, sorry, they haven't beaten the Panthers in Carolina since 2016. On that Roberto Aguayo last right, second yeah, field goal. I was just about to bring that up. We um, might have to bring Aguayo <laughs> back to, uh, yeah. <laughs> to beat the Panthers at home. Um, so, yeah, that was the last time. Uh, the last time before that was 2012 in overtime. So they've always been really close games uh, when the Bucks win in Carolina. But when the Bucks lose, they haven't been so pretty. Um, 2013, lost in a blowout. 2014, lost in a close game, but Cam Newton wasn't even playing. Um, 2015, lost the last game. Lovey's last game was a blowout. 2016, beat them by barely anything. Uh, 2017, it was 2017, 2017. I'm trying to think of what happened. we lost a pretty ugly one, too. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 2017, they lost. Uh, that was the Christmas Eve one, I believe. And then, uh, but it was a close game. It was a close game. But And then this, this past year, um, they lost. And on, like, the final score may look like a close game this past year, but it really wasn't. Um, what was it, like, 28-7 to 7 or something at halftime? Yeah, it, so, it was. They were, they were rolling on top of us by halftime. It was yeah. an early multi-possession I mean, game in yeah. Carolina. Yeah, and yeah, the Bucks just have trouble with Carolina in Carolina. Um, so, uh, and also I said that Cam Newton might finally be healthy. Um, he's got some less limitations on his shoulder, and also it's a short week for the Buccaneers. So, yeah. Um, the good news is that I do think that uh, the Panthers and the Bucks are closer to talent than people think. Um, I, I do believe that the Bucks are going to be riding momentum coming off uh, the the win in Week One. So. Um, do you want to do your prediction, or do you want me? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll toss out one more thing, uh, kind of looking at the weaknesses of this team, because you have to analyze anything you can take advantage of. Yeah. Um, but I think in a sense similar to San Francisco, maybe not as bad, I don't think Carolina has a true number one wide receiver that can replace Devin Funches. Outside of tight end Greg Olson and second-year receiver DJ Moore, the Carolina passing attack goes through running back Christian McCaffrey. We've seen that plenty of times. They'll throw it out to him on a dump screen. He'll gain 30 yards and hurdle over somebody to be the highlight of the week. You know, we've seen it all. Uh, DJ Moore proved to be tough and to bring down after the catch, yeah. but Devin Funch is out of the picture. He'll kind of have to step up, and he'll have to prove he can match up against the top cornerback, which the Bucks don't have, but, you know, it, it's, it's the inconsistencies there. And another thing, too, was that Cam thing. You said he might be healthy, but he might not be healthy. And with the limitations yeah. on his throwing arm, which is most important, you want to make sure he can kind of figure out not only his pace, but just how to connect in a limited capacity if that's what he's forced to do. Of course, they've got, you know, some fine backup quarterbacks, but you want Cam to be healthy. And if he's not 100%, which right now we don't know, that's something else that could be taken advantage of. But I'll throw my prediction out there. I'll toss it back to you, and we'll move on. I bring up all of those weaknesses to say I don't think the Bucks are going to follow up on their winning ways. I think they're going to fall on the road. I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a gritty, close game that'll be one in the trenches. 21-18 uh, to is my final score, and the Bucks go to 1-1 one and one on the year. Yeah, so... One thing I will say about the Carolina offensive line isn't that great, um, but 
yeah, like you said, they still have McCaffrey. Um, Greg Olson is still, I mean, he's not the same player, but still pretty good. So, yeah, it's a short week for the Bucks. I know, I know it's a short week for the Panthers as well. Um, but, yeah, I just don't see, I don't see the Bucks win this game. I This is a loss. Pretty uh, low-scoring game. I'm going to say 17-16 to 16 Panthers. Um, I, a lot of these times, it's either... It either goes in Carolina, either goes two ways. Um, it's either a really close game and the Bucks win, or it's a, a blowout and the Bucks lose. And if it's a close game and the Bucks win, it's normally not a high-scoring game. So the fact that it might not be a high-scoring game may actually benefit the Bucks. But in this case, I just think that um, being on the road with a short week, it's just going to be difficult. So moving on here, we both got the Bucks at one and one. This kind of always happens. Uh, we'll see. Well, we'll once see once we, we get can... into yeah, the later, <laughs> there, there's a few. Yeah, man, those early game predictions, you almost feel like you're a lot more confident in them than you would be games past like well, week because, seven, week eight. Because you've had, I mean, I mean, because you're basically assuming like, okay, yeah. everybody's gonna be healthy. Um, you know, there, there won't be any weather problems, like like that kind of stuff. And you you've had time to think about these first two three games for months. So right. yeah, um, pretty much on the same page. Yeah. So moving on to week three, we have got the New York Giants coming to town. Uh, this is a matchup I feel like we've seen once a year for the last five years. Yep. Bucks take on the Giants at home. Uh, this is a Giants team that's going to need more help than ever, truly and honestly. I think Dave Gettleman is the sole reason the Bucks are going to win this game. <laughs> no fancy breakdowns, no player comparisons. I, I just see the Giants as a franchise caught somewhere between a rebuild and a tailspin. You lose Odell Beckham, you draft Daniel Jones, and you have an aging Eli Manning who nobody knows if he'll start. I believe Eli has the potential to, you know, be Eli Manning we've seen in the past. I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but Tampa fans should know it's better not a good than one. anyone. Tampa fans should know better than anyone. Quarterback controversy is not going to lead to anything good whatsoever. Um, and this is a Giants team that struggled to win more than three games the past few years, so... I think the Bucks are going to win this one handily, twenty-four to fourteen, and they'll go to two and one. Yeah, um, I have the Bucks win this one too. Uh, I basically said in my notes, I said Giants aren't good. Uh, I said if you stop Barkley, you're going to win the game. Um, if you let Barkley run all over you and run wild, it might be a little bit of a closer game, like than you would like. Um, I always say Winston plays well against the Giants, um, which is true. Uh, looking back, in 2015, the Bucks lost in Tampa. Winston played pretty well. That's when Mike Evans had like eight or nine drops in that one game um, when it was raining. And if he would have caught like all, it was like if he would have caught all them balls, like they would have connected for like 250 yards or whatever, something like that. Winston Evans, Evans would have like 250 yards receiving or something that game. Um, 2017, they. They won on a Nick Folk field goal. Winston still played well. 2018, they lost, but Winston came in uh, in the second half and, and played pretty well. So uh, I think Winston will continue his ways there. Bucks are at home, and the Bucks are just a better team. So if, if the Bucks want to be, I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but if you want to be considered even a, a true contender, you can't be losing to teams like this. Uh, losing, to the, losing to the 49ers, that's kind of okay. Um, because the 49ers do have some talent. This Giants team just, they've got some nice pieces like Barkley, Will Hernandez on the offensive line, uh, Sterling Shepard, 
is a pretty good player versus pretty receiver. Evan Ingram is pretty good, but just looking up and down the roster, there's just not a whole lot there. And I don't think their coaching is that great. Pat Shermer, I don't, I don't really like him. So, um, yeah, I have the Bucks win this one. And if, if they lose this one, it would, it would be a crusher for a lot of people in the fan base. Oh, yeah, definitely. So uh, before we move on, you got a score? I know you hate the scores, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but um, just for the fun of it. I'm going to say defense is a decent day. 27 to 14 bucks. Okay, I'm with you on that. So moving on to week four, this one is the start of the infamous road trip. Week four sees the Bucks. Wait, 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 wait. Well, one second. You never gave me your score for the Giants game. Yes, sir, I did. No, you did not. Oh, did I not? 24 to 14. Yeah, yeah, I'm you didn't say sure that. I'm pretty sure I did. Oh, you did not. Oh. I would remember. Tape, tape don't lie. <laughs> tape don't lie. Moving on to week four, the Buccaneers are headed out to the West Coast to take on Sean McVay and the L.A. Rams. Uh, this is a game that is kind of like the Giants game for me in the sense that it's easy to describe and I don't have to get into too much detail because everybody kind of knows what's going to happen. This is a Rams team who just had a disappointing Super Bowl appearance and they're going to be playing hard to get to where they were before. Of course, they're missing a few of the pieces that helped them get to the big game. They're still the Rams and Sean McVay is still Sean McVay. I can expect these guys to have another pretty good season. Maybe not best in the NFL season for as long as they were, but a pretty good season for the Rams. And I think it ultimately lean, uh, ultimately means the Bucs are going to lose a high-scoring game. It'll be 35-28. to 28, And, uh, yeah, Rams will take it. Bucks will fall to 2-2 two and two on the year. Yeah, I, I basically said the Bucs go out west, and it's a tough travel. Whenever you go out west for an East Coast team, or technically, you know, uh, so it's south, but um, I mean, I I still consider the Bucks kind of you know, uh, but you know, yeah, you're traveling from one end of the country to the other, and that's never easy to go and play a football game. Um, you know, the times are different, you know, with jet lag and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't help that you know you might be able to get away with that if you're playing a, a bad team, um, but you're playing a Rams team that just went to the Super Bowl. And while they did um, did not win, and a lot of people thought that they weren't even the best team, I didn't think they were the best team. I thought the Saints were better than them. Um, and the Saints probably they should have won that game. But, um, yeah, the, the Rams are just too good. This is an Dominican Sue's return game. Um, we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, and I, I said that it's too early in the season for the defense to truly come together. Um, this is the first real test, I think, on offense for them because the 49ers, the Giants, and the Panthers don't have the offense that the Rams do, nowhere near. Um, this is the first test. Playing defense on the road is even tougher. And yeah, the Rams are going to win. 34-21. Uh, to 21. All right. And talking about <clears throat> Indomitka Sue, you said it is going to be his comeback game. I, I think the type of head coach that Sean McVay is, they probably already know exactly what they're going to do to shut him down. And, of course, he does play a bigger role than just getting to the quarterback, getting pressure on the quarterback, because as an interior lineman, of course, he's not a big sacks guy. But I think they're going to know what they need to do simply just because he played there last year. They're going to know what they need to do to shut him down, and that's going to be a big part of why the defense isn't going to slow anyone down, and uh, it'll be as high scoring as it is. But moving on. We've got week five. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on New Orleans in New Orleans. 
It's another division matchup for the Bucks and a chance to make a statement against a team that we were kind of able to hang with last season. Let's be real. We only lost this uh, we only lost the second game in the second half of last season. We had it pretty handily the first half. So I mean, let's see how this one goes. The Saints are probably still a lot of people's Super Bowl pick, and rightfully so. I'm not going to argue that they're not one of the best teams in football, and they really only seem to get better throughout the offseason. Yeah. Uh, they had a pretty solid offseason. You've got Drew Brees, who doesn't really show any signs of retiring. The connection he has with number one receiver Michael Thomas, the argument can be made Michael Thomas versus Mike Evans, but the fact is that he's got a Hall of Famer throwing him football, so that's going to be a connection that can make some stuff happen. Uh, New Orleans is still working with a pretty good defense, so it's going to be interesting to see how they match up with Tampa, especially after last year's week one game. And, uh, of course, that can fall into the category of it's a week one game, but it'll Mm. be an interesting matchup for sure. What are you thinking? Yeah, um, Yeah. this is your sort of catching New Orleans now. Remember I said last year, I had said, like, bless you, um, I said last year, I was like, um, you know, it's good that the Bucks play New Orleans week one because Saints typically don't start off too well. This week four, week five is when they sort of start to get rolling. Um, and they're playing week five in New Orleans. So I said another tough road game. There's lots of travel because you're traveling from Tampa to L.A., L.A. back to Tampa, Tampa to New Orleans. That's a lot. Um and I said, Saints had a fantastic offseason that no one really talked about. They were able to keep Teddy Bridgewater, and I know he's a backup quarterback, but like, he had, I think he had bigger offers elsewhere. Um, I like Teddy, man. Teddy yeah, was... Teddy, had, Teddy Bridgewater's a good quarterback. Yeah, we talked about hypothetical situations. If Jameis Winston didn't work out, Teddy's going to be on the free agent market next if, year. So, yeah, uh, if, if you didn't, if let's say for a reason you weren't high enough to draft a quarterback, which if Winston doesn't work out, you probably will be. Um, I prefer either Herbert or Tua over Teddy, but yeah, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater's good. Yeah, um, they they added Jared Cook, who has been a very good tight end uh, over the last few seasons um, in Oakland, I believe. Um, and that they also added Malcolm Brown from the Patriots defensive tackle. Uh, and they added a few other nice depth pieces. Uh, they added Latavius Murray uh, to replace Mark Ingram. I feel like he's a pretty good player. And in the draft, they, they drafted uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, safety out of Florida. He's a really good player. Um, so, yeah, the Bucks are going to lose this one. 31-24. Um, to 24. Uh, defense takes some hits that these these last two games and um, yeah it's uh, they're they're two and three right now for me uh, losing record but uh, not time to panic quite just yet absolutely so uh, I, I'm with you in the boat I'll get to my prediction in a second here but one more thing that I look at when I see this New Orleans team weakness wise uh, they're kind of in trouble at center. <clears throat> Uh, centers yeah. often get overlooked in the NFL, but the best players at the position, I mean, they can change pretty much anything on a play, uh, even pre-snap. You know, they're a very, very important part of an offense well, and how it runs. But besides the quarterback, they're the only ones that touches the ball every offensive play. So Exactly. Uh, so Saints center Max Unger, a three-time pro bowler, decided to retire this offseason after 10 seasons. To replace him, the Saints signed Nick Easton, and then they spent a second-round pick on Eric McCoy. Easton McCoy's missing an, good. 
Easton missed the entire 2018 season after undergoing surgery to, cor uh, to correct a herniated disc in his neck, but the Saints also signed him to a four-year deal. Despite that long-term investment, the Saints may tab McCoy as their starting center. So, I mean, he's if good. McCoy can step up, he's good. But, uh, again, that's still a lot of pressure to step up and, and fill the shoes of a guy who was a three-time Pro Bowler, had been there 10 years so it'll be interesting to see, but I'm I'm, I'm with yeah. you on this one. I do not think the Bucks are going to be able to do enough to get it done in the dome. Uh, it's a division game. It'll be a close one. I think it'll be a dogfight like it was Week One last year. But I think the Saints are going to edge out 38 to 35, and the Bucks move to two and three. Man, you got this. You season. got this offense. You got this offense producing. I I, I think I I think I do. I think I do. <laughs> So moving on to week six, we are still on that road trip and probably the most important stretch of it by far starting in week six. It's Tampa Bay taking on Carolina. So a home game. Yeah, this week it's international. The Bucks lose a division home game to play Carolina in London to fill the NFL's money-hungry agenda. Looking at this matchup, we'll have a better idea of strengths and weaknesses by this time of the season than we would week two before. Yeah. With that being said... And maybe some injuries, too. So Yeah. You can't predict injuries, but that's always a factor. But with all of that being said, I truly believe that Tampa can get the W across the pond. This is a hungry team under B.A., but this is a team who doesn't want to get swept by Carolina, and this is a team who doesn't want to get swept by Gerald McCoy. It won't be talked about. It hasn't been said, but it's true. You know it's true. I know it's true. These guys do not want to lose to Gerald McCoy twice. That's going to suck. I think preferably, together, no, no times. but Yeah, preferably not to lose at him at all, but let's be realistic. But I, I think they'll put it together. Uh, I think they make it happen. Jet lag gets the best of Carolina in this one, and the Buccaneers win. Believe it or not, shocking everyone, this offense is going to keep rolling 28-10. And they improved to three and three. I think, I think I don't know. Have you had them under twenty points? Uh, I the, the I second do, Carolina game. I do, but I have not yet. No. What about was this, this week two Carolina game? Was week that under twenty? Game was a let me check here, twenty-one to eighteen. So that's the closest I, I got them. Is All right, yeah, you, you've had them over twenty points each game. All right. Yeah. Um. Well, I had I said it's it, this is a coin flip for me. Um, because I mean, whenever you're in London, I feel like it doesn't really matter who the better team is just because that travels pretty gruesome and stuff. So, um, gonna be at 9:30 AM. Oh man. Gonna be guys, waking up so. bright and early to watch that one. Yeah. I gotta be waking up and watching. Well, the good thing is, you know, win or lose, you can sort of go about your day, um, with the bucks already having been played. Right. Uh, so that, that's a little good. So, um, me and you could record the podcast a little bit earlier that day, so yeah, really. Um, so I, I said, yeah, I, 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 week two, I had said that Carolina and Tampa were kind of pretty close together, and I basically just said in my notes here, I don't think Carolina is good enough to sweep Tampa. Uh, it's, Tampa isn't good enough to sweep Carolina, but I don't think Carolina is good enough to sweep Tampa either. Um, there's a lot of question marks there. Uh, if you know the Carolina Panthers, the offensive line isn't that great for the Panthers as is. It's not great for the Bucks, but you know if, if they if either team suffers an injury there, the defensive lines might take advantage. Um, and I said, you know, travel for both teams will impact them, and it's going to be a sloppy game. I think 
Uh, a lot of these London games are pretty sloppy. I think the Bucks are going to end up winning 23-21. to 21. Okay. I'm with you on the sloppy game thing. And, and I said 28-10 to 10 because I, I think it'll be lopsided because of the sloppiness. But let me just throw out there, I don't think all 28 of those points are going to be offensive points. Ooh. Yeah. Can't throw a pick six? Ah, uh, pick six, scoop and score. Who knows? But I think maybe the defense will step it up this year. And uh, so – Heading out of that game, you've got them winning, correct? Yep, and at the bye week, they're in pretty good shape. Yeah, so bye week, week seven, we have got them both going at three and three. So, again, week seven headed into the bye week. Buccaneers are going to lose that one. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, week seven is the bye week, and then week eight, the road trip continues. Buccaneers are taking on Tennessee in Tennessee. A week after the bye, the Buccaneer road trip continues into Tennessee. This is always an interesting matchup because you've got the Winston and Mariota crowd. Uh, but for me, and this be- is this is the first time before that first game too. Yeah, this is the yeah. second. So so you're gonna really hear, especially if if let's say like Mariota's doing well, Winston's struggling. Oh uh, yeah, you're gonna uh, hear it. you're gonna hear him come out. But let me be honest, man. This is probably out of all the games on the schedule, this is probably the hardest game to predict. Solely yeah, because I see the Titans are, is just a hard team to predict. I, I couldn't tell you how they're going to be doing this time of year. A lot, I don't think a lot of people can. Um, but I do see one big weakness with Tennessee, and it is Marcus Mariota. Now, it, it's not necessarily Marcus Mariota in particular, but it's the fact that he's working with his fourth offensive coordinator since entering wow. the league. Matt LaFleur, who called plays for the Titans last year, took over as the Packers head coach this offseason. In LaFleur's place, Tennessee promoted tight ends coordinator Arthur Smith to offensive coordinator. Headed into a contract year, Mariota must adjust to yet another new philosophy. However, head coach Mike Vrabel insists the in-house hire maintains continuity last year. And all I got to say about that is we saw something similar with Dirk Cutter, and we kind of know how that played out. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, but you were you referring to a dirt cutter, like the just the in-house just the, type the promotion thing. Promotion from within, wanting to yeah. keep that familiarity, well, and then eventually it just didn't go anywhere. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's a little bit different. I mean, you're promoting a guy from like quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator rather than right you know, the, offensive coordinator to head, head coach. coach. So. Yeah, I, I can see that. <clears throat> All right, so I figure why don't we do this? Why don't you give your prediction now, and then I can go into mine and give my prediction, so that we're not like confusing people here. Okay, I'll do my prediction. I'll toss it to you. Uh, taking a look at this team, I think the Bucks can take this one on the road. They're going to add another W to the column. It's going to be 24-18, to 18, and they'll go to 4-3. and three. Okay. Uh, yeah, for this one, this, for one, this is technically uh, the fourth straight game away from home. I'm not saying not fourth straight away game i'm not saying that fourth straight game away from home for tampa um because it's not technically not their fourth straight away game because they had the, the home game week six so it's good they're coming off of a bye um because if they weren't they'd be screwed um and i i do think it's gonna be a close game and i do i agree with what you said um the titans are a tough team to predict because they seem to beat the teams they shouldn't like like sometimes like you'll see right like they'll beat they'll beat the patriots or something and then they'll lose and then uh who did they lose to the week after that was it it was like the jets or something oh i think it was i think it was the jets 
it was some somebody like that. Like they lost or when they shouldn't have. Um, they lost to Miami last year. Like yeah, it's just uh, the other thing. Like you said, with a, a weakness, Mark Mariota. I don't think he's a weakness, but the issue is. Are you going to get Marcus Mariota, or are you going to get Ryan Tannehill playing this game? Well, uh, um, uh, yeah, because that's interesting too. Mariota has not shown to be healthy and you know at all. Um, I believe he's gotten injured every season. Uh, obviously, maybe for longer times than others, but uh, he you know he hasn't played a full season yet in the NFL, so yeah, it's a big year for him as is Jameis Winston. Well, and the thing with Marcus Mariota, too, you talk about he's going to be performing under pressure. He's going to have to play well in a contract year. But he's also got to adjust to two new guys and A.J. Brown and former yeah. Buccaneer Adam Humphreys on top of a new offensive coordinator. So I think, you know, this is, again, that time of year where you're kind of at the halfway point. Teams are going to – teams have found out how they're going to play, the identities they're going to have. But I think it's going to take him a little longer to kind of mesh with those guys. And, again – it's going to take him like seven games, though. Uh, it, well, if Ryan Tannehill is a factor, then it might. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Well, anyways, I think the Titans are an underrated team. I think their defense is very underrated. Um, they added some really good pieces. Cameron Wake. Uh, they still have Kevin Byard. Um, they have Jarrell Casey still there. Uh, Harold Landry they have there. Uh, Gerard Evans, I believe, they, they drafted the last year, I think. Um, who they, who they draft this year? I, I'm trying to think. First round. Yeah. Uh, who they draft? I feel like it wasn't AJ Brown. No, he was a uh, second round. Yeah. Oh man. Jeffrey Simmons. Okay. Yeah, he's not really gonna. He's really good, but he's not gonna play this year. So yeah. Yeah, he's not gonna play. Um, yeah, Malcolm Butler in the secondary is decent. Um. Other than that, okay, guys. Like, they're okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, uh, Adoree Jackson is okay. Uh, I think the Bucks are going to lose this game. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. So, the, the first time that we have a little bit of difference here. So, guys, if you guys thought, oh, this is boring, they're all going to do the same thing. No, not. We, we haven't told each other the yeah, results we, we of this haven't, game. So. This is the first time I've heard anything about his predictions. He's heard anything about mine. We also have the player awards that we're going to do at the end of the show, yep. and neither of us know what that's going to entail. So, this is the first time we've heard it. And uh, as you can see right now, our first bit of disagreement. Yeah, so. Yeah, I just think this is a tough game. And if it was in Tampa, I might probably pick the Bucks to win. But there's a lot of weeks on the road for this team. The Titans are no slouch. And I just think that this is a game that the Bucks typically do not win. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, historically, they don't win this type of game. Yeah. So I understand where you're coming from. And I know that one of the biggest points to be made this season is – just the sheer amount of weeks that they're playing not in Tampa. It is a rough series of games, but I'm going to get to that with this next game. Let's move on to week nine. Tampa Bay still on the road trip. They're taking on Seattle in Seattle. Uh, and one of the biggest things I take away from this game, this is probably the biggest test of the entire 2019 season. Mm, really? An average person can look at this game against Seattle and see it as only a road game against the Seahawks, who aren't as great as they have been in years past. We have been on the road for a little while, but it's a test. I see this as a game as the last road game in a long series of tough road games. 
in one of the hardest stadiums to play in throughout the league. There is no denying the 12th man that still exists in Seattle. It's a loud stadium. That ain't going nowhere. It's a West Coast game, and it's in an area where at this time of the year, the weather isn't going to be in your favor. It's Seattle. It rains all the damn time. It's a test for the Bucks on how they can answer to the biggest challenge of the season at the end of a rough stretch. It's ultimately going to tell us what team we see from the second half of the year. I've got another, uh, I've got a few other points I'll get out there, and then I'll get my prediction, and I'll toss it to you. But it's a big test. It truly is. I think it's a game that matters more than people think. It's going to be a messy game. It's probably going to be rainy. Uh, but another big factor in this game is going to be how well the Bucks' defense is going to be performing this time of the year. If the line can find a way to get pressure on the quarterback – then it's the biggest way to slow down Russell Wilson, which is paramount to winning the game on defense. Yeah, if you don't do that, you ain't going to win. Yeah, we know who Russell Wilson is. But as it stands right now, this is a Seahawks offensive line that cannot protect their quarterback. Last year, the Seahawks offensive line cleared lanes for one of the better rushing attacks, but the uh, the pass protection ranked 30th per football outsiders, and Russell Wilson was ultimately sacked 51 times. A lot of people would prefer Wilson throw an incomplete pass rather than extend plays and welcome the pass rush. But on the other hand, he's Russell Wilson, and he's in a quarterback with an identity of making something out of nothing, which might be their only option. You know what I mean? Doug yeah. Baldwin retired. He's going to be working with some uh, unproven wide receivers, including second-round DK Metcalf, fourth-rounder Gary Jennings, um, he's going to need all the extra time he can in there. And if the Bucks' offense is clicking, <clears throat> I want to say that they step up to the task and they beat Seattle in a messy game, 17-14, to 14, and they're 5-3. and three. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I have here that the Seahawks are still decent. Like a lot of people oh, yeah, are definitely. thinking, well, oh, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. I actually made that mistake last year. Um, they're winning at they, least 10. At least, you think? Yeah. And you yeah. think that one of the losses is going to be against the Bucks? Uh, eight. Eight. They'll win at least eight. I'll give you there that. There you go. All right. That's a little bit better. I think that's like, yeah, I think their ceiling is probably ten. Yeah. But their, their floor is probably like six or seven. Um, just because they still have Russell Wilson. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought this team was going to suck last year um i didn't think they were going to be good at all uh they lost richard sherman um they got rid of michael bennett it was, there's a lot of moving pieces there um and i just didn't think they were going to be that great they proved me wrong uh pete carroll did a fantastic job um shaquille griffin and shaquem griffin were two very good players last year bobby wagner still one of the best linebackers in football uh yeah, yeah, there you go. Whatever, um, man. I, I don't know why everybody's getting up in arms about the ratings. Like, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't give less of a damn about the ratings. Exactly. But, they're, yeah. they're gonna, they're gonna change by week three anyway. Exactly. So, anyway. Uh, you can go, you can go in and change them yourself. Don't be lazy. <laughs> <clears throat> um. So, like you said, though, they're a different team in Seattle and in Tampa. This might be a. This is actually not might be. This would be a very much easier game, um, and the weather is going to be a little bit cold. Not not freezing. It's not going to be the, the worst Seattle weather. 
Um, if you were going like week 12, week 13, then probably. But uh, week 9, it's, it's going to be kind of chilly. Uh, hopefully the rain doesn't impact it. Last time the Bucks were there in 2013, there wasn't any rain. Um, I believe it was actually week 9 as well. So, um, And it, the Bucks actually blew a, a 21-7 lead, I think. They had the lead there. 21 nothing lead, I think, actually, at one point. They ended up blowing it, like, lost, like, 27, 24 or something. That's right. Uh, Mike Glennon was the quarterback, so. That's <laughs> that's when they did the um, they did the trick play with Mike James. He took the handoff, went to the line, and he just tossed it up. Yeah. I don't know if you're that, yeah. Um, anyways, back to the now. I have the Bucks losing this one, too. Um if this was in Tampa, it's the same thing as the Titans game. If this was in Tampa, I'd probably have the Bucks winning. But I just think that – and the, the travel is huge, uh, especially with this one because Seattle's, you know, all the way up there. Tennessee's down there, sort of like, you know, Tampa's down here. New Orleans is over there. That's not too bad. But then Los Angeles is over there. London is, you know, um, all the way across the pond. So, um yeah, the record's three and five, and I also have the bullet point season slipping away. Um, oh man, you're you're desperate for a win. So all right, so you've got him at three and five. I've got him at five and three. The boys are finally back home in week ten, and they're met with another storyline game. Coach Bruce Arians' former team and number one draft pick Kyler Murray come to town in the shape of the Arizona Cardinals. For the Bucks, I have it where it's a similar agenda to last week's game against Seattle. You basically get to the quarterback. If you can do that, this could be a winnable game at home. Uh, right now, Arizona's biggest weakness is protecting the quarterback. Last year, the front five ranked 26th in pass protection, although injuries kind of factored into that. Uh, it's still not a good look. Furthermore... The current group will feature a new left guard, and Marcus Gilbert is taking over at right tackle. Now, why the hell is it important that Marcus Gilbert is taking over at right tackle? Well, since 2017, he's missed 20 games because of hamstring and knee injuries on top he's of He's good. On top of a four-game suspension for violating the league's performance-enhancing yeah. drugs policy. So he's okay when he, he's He's playing. a good player, yeah. <laughs> They've also got some question marks with who's starting at center. But taking a look at Kyler Murray, very similar to Russell Wilson. He can use his legs to escape under pressure. But, I mean, as a rookie in this stage of his career, he should be focused on keeping his eyes downfield rather than having to scramble out, get away from the incoming pass rush. I hate to say he's at a disadvantage for being under six foot, but he's going to need some time oh. in the pocket either way, whatever way you want to look at it. He's going to need some help back there. He is a rookie. And wow. with that being said, I think the defense is going to help us roll to 6 and 3. Final score 24 to 17 in front of the Tampa crowd. Okay. Okay. You have them 6 and 3 right now. Well, right. Uh, it, it, you'll see how it plays out. Okay. It's okay. an interesting it, road It'll stretch. even out. Yeah. It'll even it'll, out. I, I promise it'll make sense. I won't sound <laughs> okay. as delusional towards the end. Oh, they're they're going 13-3, and three and Evan, <laughs> you better be doing that blunder exactly, thing. Exactly, man. <laughs> um, yeah, so I said a home game, all right? Finally, um, an actual home game. Yeah. After, uh, what is it? Seven well, weeks. That's six weeks, you know, like games. Like six games? A month and a half, basically. <laughs> five, okay, five games away. Okay, five games, six weeks. Um, 
I said the Bucks are the better team. Better team doesn't always win, though, so I'm not going to give it away right away. By now, I said the defense should be in a decent rhythm. So like you said, I do think that by now the defense, unless they're a complete dog crap, you know, if they're if they're bad, they're bad. Like there is no decent rhythm there. Yeah, but, we're gonna we're gonna definitely know that one by week ten. Oh yeah, you'll know. <laughs> you'll know everything by week ten. You'll know <laughs> if you you you'll be by week ten. You're either gonna be mesmerized with Jameis Winston and trying to figure out how much his contract is gonna be, or you're gonna be watching Justin Herbert highlights. That's a scary uh, thought. Yeah. Um. So and, and trying to figure out who the next GM will be. Because light won't be there either. Um, anyways, back to this. Back to Light's former team, Bruce Arians' former team. Um, Bruce Arians and the Cardinals handled the Buccaneers every time they played them. Both games were in Arizona. Week 2, 2016, 40-7. Wow. Uh, week 6, I believe, 2017. It was a little bit closer. I forget the final score, but it was a little bit closer. Still wasn't good, though. Um, they handled them, and I think the Bucks are going to handle this team right now. Um, they're desperate for a win, right? If they don't win this game, they're done. Like, they're, you're, if you're three and six, you're done. Yeah. Um, that's it. You know, when they wound that run in 2016, fine. They, they were three and five. They won week 10, right? You, you can't go on a run if you don't start, like, Winning. week 10. Yeah. If, you, if you're three and six, if you're three and five or whatever it were, Let's say two, two and six. You gotta win week ten. If you don't, that's it. That's like because you're getting into November then, and yeah, that's when teams start to pack it in. Yeah. Uh, I said, yeah, take advantage of rookie quarterback, right? Um, Kyler Murray is talented. He's very talented, but he's also a rookie. And by then, yes, like he will have seen a lot of different things. Like, and he's gonna know. It's not like week one you're playing. I mean, he doesn't know what this is. Like, right. he's yeah. gonna know. Um, and they're going to be in a good rhythm. But, yeah, I do think the Cardinals are going to be better than they were last year, but not as good as the Buccaneers. Um, not saying the Buccaneers are going to be a powerhouse because I have been a 4-5 and five record with a win here. So, yeah. Um, but I, I just think that uh, the Bucs are going to be able to get it done. Uh, the defense, the Cardinals' defense is some nice pieces. Um, Robert Nikondishi is, you know, he's just a bonehead. Uh, but he's a good player. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he's a Buccaneer next offseason, just letting you know. Wow. Uh, it makes sense. Uh, Patrick Peterson obviously speaks for himself. Um, maybe, though, maybe the Bucks don't even play Patrick Peterson because maybe by week eight or so, that's when the trade deadline is, and the Bucks could be, I mean, the Bucks, the Cardinals could be like really out of it, and they could trade Patrick Peterson. You Maybe. never know. I mean, he made uh, that bold statement earlier this offseason. I'm a – what did he say? I'm a Cardinal for life. I'm not yeah, going but, anywhere. I well, apologize for making you think I'm Ky- going somewhere. Kyrie said he was going to resign with the Celtics. So Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, well, that's the Celtics. I don't blame them. Uh, and if you guys know who I like as a sports team, a basketball <laughs> team, you get that. Um, go, go Heat, second. baby. No, no. <laughs> uh, um, so, anyways um, – yeah, Bucks are going to win this one. I, I'm going to go with an offensive explosion, kind of. Uh, 30, 38. 38 to 21. I'm going to say okay. that. 38 to 21. I don't think... I think the first half would be a little tight, but then once the second half hits, I think that the Bucks are going to be able to, to roll a little bit. And 
Um, the Cardinals just don't have enough talent right now. And like you said, a guy like Marcus Gilbert by week 10, like, may not play, right? Yeah. Like, he, I'm not saying he's going to get suspended again, but <laughs> history shows with injuries, you know, not Never looking know. too great with him. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, four and five, and season isn't, isn't completely gone yet, so. All right, so an interesting take. Now let's move on to week 11. The Buccaneers stay at home, and they take on the New Orleans Saints, another big-time division game. And I'm just going to say this right now. The New Orleans Saints are going to sweep Tampa Bay in 2019. Uh, At this point in the season, which is week 11, if my predictions stand correct, which they probably won't, uh, the Bucs will have won four in a row. Momentum seems like it would yeah. carry from winning three on a road <laughs> stretch. About that. Yeah. Momentum seems like it would carry from winning three on a road stretch and winning to start a home stretch. But at this time of the year, the Saints will be on top of the division. Any momentum the Bucks will have will be met by the Saints and ultimately shut down. I like to believe every team has one ugly game a season, and this is going to be our ugly game. Bucks lose an ugly one at home, and the win streak is over. 34 to 14, Ooh. 6 to 4 on the year. going to be at that game. I hope not. Oh, man. Jesus. Um, anyways, see, okay. Breeze doesn't play that well in Tampa Bay. Just doesn't for no, some he reason. Doesn't. We saw it never saw has. last year. Um, the Saints do not play well in Tampa Bay for some reason. Um, the Bucks always play the division tough. They, they do. Um, fight it. Bucks are going to win this football game. I'm going to let you know okay. right now. All right. The Bucks are going to win. Right. See, and the, see, but see, the reason is. Is it because you're there? No. It's because you're getting your money's worth? No. <laughs> maybe like maybe like 5% of that. Right. Yeah. But I'm at the Cardinals. I'm, I'm going to be at the Cardinals game too. So, um, the, the reason I think the Bucks are going to win is one, they're desperate still. Because me and you, with our season predictions, we have two different storylines going on right now. Oh, yeah, you definitely. had the Bucks. You had the Bucks at six and three, and pretty much either second or first in the division, and like in a playoff spot. I had the Bucks at four and five, and fighting to keep their playoff hopes alive. This Bucks team is, in my predictions, is when your predictions, it's going to be, you know, six and three. They, if they're a young team, they might let off one. My prediction is they're four and five. They got to win. They're going to be desperate. They know they got to win. Right. They're going to be desperate for a win. They're going to get a win. The best Bucks game of the year, I said. Not not like overall performance, like the Bucks are going to blow them out. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Bucks versus another opponent. The best game that you're going to watch. It's going to be back and forth. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good football game. It's going to be a team having to do everything well, and, and they yeah, might and be I able think to pull it off. That, that the Bucks are going to have to. They're going to have to. And from here on out, they're going to have to win most games. And this is a, a winnable game. Um, it's hard to say about that because I think the Saints are probably a top three team in the NFL. But it is a winnable game. Um, just is. And I think the Bucks are going to win. So they're 5-5. Five and five. They have fought hard to get back to uh, 500. And now they go on the road again. So All right. So. On the road again, as you had just brought up. Week 12, Tampa Bay moves to Atlanta. Uh, First time we play the Dirty Birds all season, and it's an opportunity for our offense to shine. You know, we've already heard about Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper, Matt Ryan. We already know that. 
Cooper. I don't, yeah, he's, I don't think he's that great. I don't think he's that great either, but <laughs> we hear about him. That's for damn sure. We know the Dirt Cutter has the chance to make that unit even better as a returning offensive coordinator, but we also know that Atlanta isn't 100% in their secondary. This was a team, a defense in particular, plagued with injuries last year. I mean, mm-hmm. I almost felt bad for him. Yeah. Uh, the Falcons starting safeties. Yeah. The Falcons starting safeties went down with significant injuries last year. Keanu Neal suffered a torn ACL. Ricardo Allen tore his Achilles. Uh, in, in today's world, we see these players bounce back from setbacks, but it, it's not always a guarantee. And even when they do come back, there isn't a guarantee they're going to be the player they were before. Neal is a guy who's still developing, even though he's been a pro bowler in the past. Uh, and Allen just signed a three-year, $20 million extension, if I remember correctly. Yep. He's been a solid starter, but he doesn't have a career ceiling comparable to Keanu Neal's. Uh, coming off of injury, he's going to have the pressure on to play well because of just that big extension. And, uh, of course, you've got Brian Poole. He was just replaced as the primary uh, nickelback. They're going to need their safeties to play well. And I think the offense gets a chance to shine, maybe get some shots downfield, which can help out in a critical position. But I think it's an offensive shootout that the Bucks fall and lose two in a row to division rivals. So 42-38 to 38 is my final score. The Falcons win. Yeah. Offensive shootout. He got some offense being played down the Tampa Bay, man. <sighs> I don't know where I get off with these predictions, but I, I wrote it down. I must feel this way. Uh, 42 to 38, and they moved to six and five. This is where it starts to make a little bit of sense. I'll give you. Okay. I'll give you that part. Okay, so I wrote that the books don't seem to have an answer for the Falcons' offense, and it seems that they don't, especially don't have an answer in Atlanta because I, yeah. I swear they, even when they win in Atlanta, they still don't shut down the Falcons' offense. Um, yeah. They, it has caused them trouble for years. Maybe a scheme change will help. Obviously, it's going to be a different scheme. Uh, for the past you know, three years or so, it's been the same scheme. So um, maybe that will help. Um, you're not going to you know, have Ryan Smith cover Julio Jones. But, um, you know, like you said, with this Atlanta team, they, got, they were very unlucky last year. They had... They got in so many injuries, but it was like in like the first like four games, like they had lost Keanu, Ricardo Allen, um, a bunch of other guys that they had lost to injury, and like Devonta Freeman was injured last year. Calvin Ridley was, I believe, was injured for a little bit last year. Uh, they lost a bunch of guys, and a lot of people were picking them to bounce back because they lost all them guys, and they're getting all those guys back. Um, I said I wrote my notes. The Falcons are healthier now, and I said that the did. Did you use the word heartbreak? Uh, no, I did not. No, okay. I I said Bucks lose a heartbreaker. I don't know whether it's on a last second field goal or something, or like a like a dumb play, like maybe like a dump, like a holding penalty, like like that Oakland game a a few years ago. Oh, you know, maybe one of those prototype plays that you draw up in a last minute ditch situation, and it gets all the way down to the one yard line, and somebody can't catch the ball, and then you lose that way too. Yeah, I know about those endings against Atlanta. Mm, In Atlanta too. In Atlanta. Yeah. Um, anyways, 
<laughs> yeah, so the Bucks in my in my thing, the Bucks are five and six, and now it is really desperation time because you're getting into late November, early December, and you need to win every game you can. And and on the schedule here, looking at there's some you know there's there's some winnable games. You know there there's there's no game that I look at and say you know they have no chance to win. Yeah, no, I get you. Hey, I mean looking at the spectrum here. Headed into week thirteen, I've got him at six and five. You've got him. Your, at five your scenario and six. is pretty good. But I, I, eh, I like to think so. Moving on, week thirteen, Tampa Bay taking on Jacksonville in Florida. That's a road game that I might try and make because Jacksonville is just a three-hour, three and a half-hour drive from us here in Tampa. Um, the Bucks are going to follow up a loss with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were one of the most inconsistent teams in the NFL. They've got Nick Foles on an offense that's lost most of its talent at wide receiver. Uh, it, it, last I remember, you still got Miles Jack taking a year off of football at the linebacker position. Yeah. Their biggest question mark, though, has got to be Leonard Fournette. He's, a he's top not five, good. He's not good. He's a top five pick he's from the 2017 good. draft <laughs> that really hasn't lived up to expectations. He's missed 11 games in two seasons, and he averages 3.7 yards a carry. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, he he is the perfect body for a running back. He is the perfect yeah. traits. He was a high draft pick. The only issue is he's not that good at football. Yeah, I, I mean Jaguars offensive coordinator John De, uh, John De Filippo John De Filippo De, De Filippo. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. When he was at the Eagles, I heard it a bunch. But yeah, yeah Jaguars offensive coordinator. He made it clear that <clears throat> their offense is going to feature a whole lot of Leonard Fournette. And I mean, if it is the Leonard Fournette that we see right now, they're in trouble. With his yep. injury history, it seems like a touch-and-go situation for Jacksonville. I'm sure that at this point in the season, well, I'm positive that at this point in the season, being at Week 13, they're going to know if Fournette is a key part of the offense. So the passing game could find a way to gel if that's what they have to resort to. But with all of that being said, if it's Leonard Fournette, I don't think they're going to get a good run game going. I think the Bucks are going to take advantage of a pass-heavy offense and they're going to win the turnover battle in this game. And I think your okay. final score is going to be 24 to 17. And Bucks on top, they go to 7 and 5. Okay. Yeah, but they they'd be in a pretty good spot right there. Um I said that the Jags are improved and the Jags are healthy. And I know you could say well improved. Well, they got Nick Foles and he's an upgrade over Blake Bortles. <laughs> he's definitely I'm, not Blake just Bortles. Saying, I'll give him that. Just saying he's, you know, Blake, you know, Blake Bortles you can do a Blake Bortles fact and say that Nick Foles is lost in the flight in the AFC playoffs, and Blake Bortles never is lost in the AFC playoffs. <laughs> but um, you could do that. Um, so yeah, that's a big thing. The the quarterbacks, you got to have better quarterback play in Jacksonville, and I believe that they're going to get that. While while Foles, I don't think Foles is going to do as well in Jacksonville as he did in Philly, because that's just something weird that in Philly just always seems to work. Um, I do think he'll be better though. Uh, also, they had one of my favorite drafts. They added Josh Allen, and they were able to take um, Jawan. Ju- uh, no, no, is it Jawan Taylor? Jawan Taylor. We're talking about yes. Jacksonville. Yeah, the tackle. Florida. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Jawan yeah. Taylor. I had him going to seven with the Jacksonville Jaguars in my mock draft. They got Josh Allen at seven and got Jawan Taylor in the second round. So I really like their draft. Um, their offensive line still has some holes, but their offensive line is getting healthier. Andrew Norwell is getting healthier. I believe Brandon Linder, I think they have, he's getting healthier. Um, 
So they still have some some pieces. Their receiving core isn't the best. I will give you that. They have Keelan Cole. Uh, other than that, it's you know D.D. Westbrook's decent. Uh, we'll see though. Um, I do think this is going to be a low-scoring game, uh, okay. and it's going to be a game that the Bucks lose. Um, I I don't think the Bucks are going to win this game. Like I said, just like with the Titans game. This doesn't seem to be the type of game that the Bucks typically win. And with this year, I'm taking a show-me approach. Last right. year, I think I predicted him to go like 9-7. and seven, And the year before that, like 10-6. and six. Like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Like, they proved to me that you can win these games. Because this and the Titans game are probably the two biggest coin flips on the schedule. Yeah. And I had you losing both No, you're both not wrong. I have you losing both of them. That's the difference between me being 7-5 and five with Rhett Maybe in five and seven right now. That's yeah. the difference. So okay. those games you don't win. They, they the Bucks do not win those football games when it's an away game against a team that's okay, decent, right? Um, has a decent defense. They don't win the game. They they just don't. A quarterback that's not going to turn it over much. Uh, Marcus Mariota, it, he's not the best, but he's not like he hasn't turned the ball over that much. Um, Nick Foles. Typically, actually, actually plays well against the Bucks, um, so I just think that yeah, the Bucks are going to lose this game, and I think it's going to be another low-scoring game. Okay. So, and then the playoff hopes, I wrote playoff hopes pretty much gone. Yeah, you'd have to it, go on a pretty good run here. Yeah, it's seven losses. Even if you sneak in at nine and seven, it's not a it's not a huge possibility. We saw the Bills yeah. get lucky with it not too long ago, but. It doesn't happen very often. So, all right, you've got him at five and seven. I've got him at seven and five, headed into week 14 against Indianapolis. Uh, the Bucks are going to play at home against Indianapolis, who's got Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton. That's going to be a much more definitive pass attack than Jacksonville. So, Indianapolis's biggest question mark, though, is consistency in the run game. Last year, their offensive line proved it could change the game by winning Andrew Luck 2018 Comeback Player of the Year. They ranked two... They ranked two, but they were probably the best offensive line in football, in my opinion. And Quentin Nelson is a huge piece of that. He is a monster. One pick. Yeah. Bucks, Bucks are one pick away. Oh, yeah. They draft, Colts drafted him six, Bucks had seven. So, <clears throat> this is a team that might have trouble moving the ball on the ground, but even without that, We've seen the Bucks in a position where they've had trouble moving the ball on the ground, and they can hang with a lot of teams. Uh, they've been highly productive without being able to move the ball on the ground. So even without that being a question mark for Indianapolis, I think this is a game where a high-powered Colts offense is going to be way too much for Tampa. I think they're going to put up 33. I think the Bucks are only going to put up 21, and Indianapolis is going to win in Tampa, and they'll fall to 7-6. and six. Yeah. Um, I said the Colts are one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, it's a fact. Yeah. Um, a I said well, I, a lot of people think they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean that defense is underrated. I, I think. Um, I think their defense still has a few holes. Um, in the secondary, it's not the greatest, and that their their pass rush should get a little bit better. But I mean, Darius Leonard is incredible, and um, they have a lot of other good pieces there uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, what is it, Malik Hooker? Yeah, Malik Hooker yeah. is safety. He's been coming on pretty good now. So, yeah, they they have a strong um, strong grasp on you know what to do. They they also drafted Rocky Sin from Temple, second round. He's a pretty good player. Um, 
Yeah, uh, this fun fact, most likely, assuming no injuries, this will be Andrew Luck's first start against the Bucks because he was injured in 2015, and Matt Hasselbeck played and beat the Bucks in Indianapolis. Um, so this is Andrew Luck's first action against the Buccaneers, and I yeah. think he's going to leave a lasting impression as he they are going to come into town and they're going to beat the Buccaneers, uh, and the Bucks are going to drop to five and eight, and that'll pretty much do it. Uh, I think T.Y. Hilton's going to have two long bomb touchdowns. Uh, it, it'll be fifty plus yards. Andrew Luck will make that beautiful connection, and Andrew Luck again. They also have Eric Ebron, and yeah, Eric Ebron's had a breakout he year. Up. So. He, he stepped up definitely last year, man. One hell of a tight end, but. Uh, another former Bruce Arians guy and Andrew Luck. He's going to make a statement, and we both got him losing that one. But moving on to Week 15, Tampa Bay is going to be in Detroit against Detroit. Uh, after a loss to Indianapolis, the Bucks are going to be looking to rebound on the road. This is another chance where I see the offense has the ability to put up some numbers against the secondary that's kind of all over the place. Darius Slay is really good. Darius Slay is really good, but for starters, he didn't commit to showing up at training camp. Now, obviously, we're talking about week 15 versus next week at training camp, uh, but he didn't commit to that. He's become one of the top covermen in the league, but with contract time coming up, I feel like that's a storyline that can help determine their season uh, in in Detroit. That's a a big storyline. You've got your top guy. He's not going to commit to you he's going to be under pressure to play, and, and maybe he's going to want to play somewhere else. So you never know with that. But the Lions also released uh, Gov- Glover Quinn, who announced his retirement this month, leaving a void at safety next to Quandre Diggs. Now, they drafted a third-rounder. Will Harris could earn the starting job, but you've got Tracy Walker, Devon Wilson, and Andrew Adams are also all playing for that spot. Double the, same, the same Andrew Adams who picked off three interceptions against Cam Newton last year. Still don't know why they didn't bring him back, but okay. <laughs> you never know, man. Maybe they saw him for what he was, which is a one-hit wonder, but if he wins yeah. that job I mean, in Detroit... I mean, yeah, I mean he, yeah, you get a look. Oh, he led a team in interceptions. Okay, three and one game. But... <laughs> right, right. So uh, with all of that being said, I think this is a game in Detroit where the offense is going to be able to take advantage. They're going to shine, and I think Jameis in particular is going to put up his best season performance against Detroit on the road. 28-17, to 17, my final score in that one. Uh, Bucks moved to 8-6. and six. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I said that... I'm just going to say it right now, because there's nothing I can really say without kind of spoiling it. I think the Bucks are going to win as well. Um, I just said that the Lions aren't that great. Um... They're in a pretty good position to where if things don't go well this year, they can blow everything up. Um, maybe not like get rid of like Stafford, but get rid of guys like Darius Slay. Um, get rid of um, you know, some of their offensive linemen they have. I think they still have a no. I don't think they're probably Reef, but they just have Taylor Decker, I believe. Yeah. Um, they they have a, a few other guys. Uh, Theo Riddick. Uh, I'm not sure if he's still there, but I think he um, is. okay. Uh, they have him. Uh. Carry on Johnson, I think they probably keep him, but uh, I mean, there's a lot of pieces on that defense that they could go without if if things don't go well. So, yeah. um, I think the Bucks are due for a win. Uh, I had them. What is this? That's three straight losses I had for them. Um, that's rough. It's a rough stretch. It's a stretch that basically end their season. Yep. And I think that they they uh, they're going to be due for a win. I also said 
uh, note here, and this is going to come into my next game as well, uh, playing for pride. I said you can get the job done against a bad football team. If, you, if you're playing for pride, you can typically win against a bad team. It is going to hurt that's in Detroit, um, but I, that shouldn't. It's not like Detroit's a very tough place to play. So, right. Uh, I, I do think the Bucks get a win there. Go to six and eight on the season. All right. So I've got them at eight and six. You've got them at six <clears> and eight. We are heading. Oh, and also, week. since they since they won that game, that'll be all the fans complaining that they won the game because they want the better draft pick. Okay, I get you. So, you've got them at six and eight. I've got them at eight and six. Headed into week sixteen, the Buccaneers are going to finish their season at home. They've got two more games left to play. Both of those will be in Raymond James to close out the year. They're taking on the Houston Texans. Uh, Playing at home is going to give them a pretty big advantage in these next two games. Week 16 sees the Texans come to town in what I think should be an entertaining matchup. Uh, First and foremost, J.J. Watt is the X factor for Houston, which is going to be the biggest test on the right side of that offensive line. The left side will have their hands full with Jadavian Clowney, depending on what... depending on what version we see of Jadavian Clowney, because I remember the last time we played Houston, that was a big storyline, was slowing down J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney. And if I remember correctly, they did an okay job of it. I think we Wait, ended are, up... You gonna see, are you going to see the, the Houston Texans version of Jadavian Clowney or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers version of Jadavian Clowney? Right, right. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> really going to depend here. I'm just kidding. They're not... <laughs> By the way, guys, don't we're not saying that that's going to happen. Um, yeah, but like you said, though, they they played pretty well against them in 2015. I think Donovan Smith didn't give up a sack. So yeah, yeah. So taking a look at this team as well, not only do you have the defense to worry about, but Deshaun Watson is going to take a step at quarterback <laughs> this year. Uh, but at the same time, he's playing against or he's playing behind one of the oh, worst <laughs> offensive lines in football. Brutal. I mean, that's brutal. Dude, that's brutal. Like, if see- I can, if I can say something, like I don't know why the Texans didn't get a better offensive line for this guy. I, I don't understand. Like, he's your franchise guy. You had one sole purpose. Your defense yeah. is fine. Your receiving core is fine. Your running backs are fine. Your quarterback's set. What? And you and you draft a freaking project offensive lineman in the first round. Yeah. Oh man, I and now you don't have a general manager. So Yeah, really. When you post when you can post highlights or lowlights, should I say, of that offensive line on Twitter that literally like I I saw one video someone had posted. I don't remember the play in particular, but it's basically a play where the Texans offensive line just collapses. And I, I said out loud, like, oh damn. Because it's bad to look at. So anyways, they're gonna be handling that. They're also going to be handling a pretty subpar defense if they can get the ball rolling with J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney. So with all of that being said, I think J.J. Watt and the defense might prove a little too much for the run game to really get going. Partner that with a good pass rush on their end. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I don't think it's going to work out in Tampa's favor. 17-10 to 10 the final score, and they go to 8-7. and seven. Okay. Um... Yeah, I just said that the Texans are good. Other than their offensive line, I mean, their defensive line with those two defensive ends. Yeah, really. Stacked. What else? Can, what else can you say? Um, the the good thing, not really the good thing, but the hope. Um, if they're in a playoff spot, like if the Bucks are in a playoff race, there's no guarantee that Jadavion Clowney or JJ Watt is going to play in this game. Yeah, that's true. You got to see how Houston's doing. Love, well, no, I'm no, I'm not saying that trade them. 
both are injury prone. Like I love oh, yeah. JJ Watt to death. Yeah. The Duke gets injured once every year. No, you're right. Jadavion Clowney, the reason the Texans don't want to give Jadavion Clowney a big contract is because he's injury prone. That's right. why. So, yeah, I, if those two or one of the two don't play, they can maybe sneak out with one. This no, offensive, that yeah. Texans offensive line is not good. The Bucks pass rush um, should have some success. I feel like, and especially if, if the Bucks are in a playoff race, I feel like that's a game where Todd Bowles is just going to be sending the house a lot. Um, but you also have to watch out because Watson can scramble a little bit. So yeah. maybe have like Levante David sort of like spy him and like send Devin White or something up the middle, try and get really Watson get out. And if them. Watson goes out, then Levante can come down. Exactly. Um, I should have like a I should have like a like a whiteboard here, like show what I'm talking <laughs> about. You know, right? Yeah, um, the plays. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and and this is why this didn't work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I said, yeah, Texans are good. I said that, uh, I'm just going to say, this is a loss. Um, Bucks won't have much to play for. They really don't. Yeah. Um, I, and I said in parentheses, can play for pride and win against a bad football team. Because I feel like I might be contradicting myself if I said, but they don't have a lot to play for. When I just said they would beat the Lions because of pride. Hey, lion pride. Um, you know, against a bad football team. But playing for pride, you'll be able to stand toe-to-toe with a good football team, but you're most likely not going to be able to beat them. Um, every now and then you will, like 2017, the Week 17 game versus the Saints. Yeah. Right? They were, the Bucks were done, right? Saints were moving on to the playoffs, and the Bucks beat them to play for pride. That happens every now and then. I just don't yeah. think it's going to happen this time. Bucks lose. Bucks are officially eliminated from the playoffs. 6-9 um, and nine record going into the last game. Excuse me. And I think it is going to be determined that James Winston will receive the franchise tag from the Buccaneers. Okay. I, I believe that Jameis is going to play well enough to, you know, even if it is just a franchise tag, he's going to play well enough to stick around here in Tampa. But let's move on. We both have the Bucs losing against Houston, moving on to Week 17. It all comes down to this. Oh, so, yeah, for you, this is pretty big, either 500 or over 500. So for me... With loss number seven coming a week prior and playoff hopes out the door, the Bucks are playing for sheer bragging rights and possibly division placement. Uh, these late-season games are always hard to predict. I think predictions in general are hard to do, but we do them here. Uh, these late-season games are hard to predict, but I think, I think the Bucks can make it happen in front of their home crowd against their former head coach. Week 17, 2018, Dirk Cutter left Raymond James Stadium a loser. Week 17, 2019, I think the same exact thing is going to happen. I think pretty it's, good. Off- it's a pretty good segue right there. I think it's an offensive shootout that comes down to the wire, but I think the Bucs are able to win it. And get this, the same score as that New Orleans game you had just brought up, 34-28, to and the Bucs finish the year 9-7. and was that the same score as the Orleans game? I think it was 34-28 because the game went to Chris Godwin, and then yeah. I want to say they had a missed field goal as well. That's why it was 34, not 35. I think you might be right. Yeah, right Here, but, I'll do the Google search. You throw your prediction there you out go. there. and then. All right. Uh... <laughs> All right, there we go. All right, yeah, so I have this as a win as well. The Bucks closing out the year on a, on a high note. 24 to 31, by the way. 24 to 31, okay. Yeah, yeah be, well, actually, it was um, 24-23, Saints. Bucks scored that touchdown. 
Chris Godwin. Bucks went for two through the jump ball to Mike Evans and got it. So okay. um, that's what that's how they got the thirty one. They gotcha. um they did Pat Murray miss an extra point in that game. So yep. yeah. Um all right, yeah. So I said that they win. I I, tr- I, I I said here truly believe that the Bucks will split with all three division opponents. I do not think they will be swept at all. Unlike you, you think they'll be swept by the Saints. Yep. Um I do not believe they'll be swept by the Saints. I think that they're gonna play the division tough. Uh Thing, funny thing, they won't win a road home game, division game, though. I have them losing to New Orleans in New Orleans, losing to Carolina in Carolina, and losing to Atlanta in Atlanta. I have them beating New Orleans in Tampa, beating Atlanta in Tampa, and beating Carolina in London, but it's technically a home game. So, yeah. um, And I also said Winston plays well against Atlanta, especially in Tampa. Uh, look back to last year, one of his yeah. best games. Look back to the year before. One of his best games, uh, Monday Night Football, twenty seventeen. One that was that was one of his best games. Twenty eighteen, that I was still, one of his best games. I I, st- I still think that that Monday Night Football twenty seventeen was his best game ever. I still um, think that Monday Night Football twenty seventeen. I think about that Mike Evans touchdown that wasn't technically yeah. a touchdown, but God, that was a pretty play. How is it not? What do you mean? Which one are you talking I, about? I remember I, the one where there Mike was a long Evans, ball touchdown that game. There was a long ball touchdown. Mike Evans jumped up in double coverage, which to be fair wasn't the greatest throw by Jameis, but it's Mike Evans. He's going to trust him there. But he throws it, long ball touchdown. Mike Evans jumps up, grabs the ball, and in midair crosses the plane and lands between two defenders. But if I remember correctly, they called it on the one or the two yard line no. and not technically a touchdown, unless they had to dude, overturn dude, it. No. Dude, no. Then what am I thinking of? You're thinking of something else because it's it not that. Been, it might have been that same game. It, All right. You know what? You know what? No, I well, I think it. Well, the 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 Mike Evans to the thing that was in the Giants game the the, the earlier that year when James was sort of scrambling, he threw it up. Mike Evans caught it, rolled into the end zone. They called on the one. Maybe uh, maybe it was the Giants thing I'm thinking of. I'm that's wrong. what that I'm was. Just, I've been wrong all day today, so, so go ahead and get your <laughs> prediction out that, there. I'm, yeah, I'm so that's sorry. That's what that was. No, that was <laughs> it, like I said. I still think that Atlanta game 2017 was Winston's best. Um, 2015 Atlanta in Tampa. That's when Winston had his um, the famous run where he wasn't down. Actually, um, he got the first down. Bucks got the big win there. Um, and 2016, I am drawing a blank on 2016. Oh, that was the Color Rush game, Thursday night game. Okay, so that wasn't the best moment. But Winston still played pretty well there. So he always plays well against the Falcons in Tampa. And I said the Bucks win a thriller. And in parentheses, I said, unlike last year. So I think that it's going to be pretty similar. Like maybe a last-second field goal, a last-second touchdown. Something's going to happen there. Yep. Comes down to the wire. So, so you've got final, winning. Final record. Seven and nine, and I think that Jason Light will stay. Obviously, Bruce Arians will stay. James Winston will stay. So seven and nine, missing the playoffs. Do you? Well, I think we've talked about this before. But seven and nine, missing the playoffs. If Jameis Winston stays, basically Jason Light's going to stay, right? That's yeah, the, uh, yeah. You're not going to be or a new GM. Very rarely, unless you're like obviously like an Aaron Rodgers type, a new GM isn't going to come in and you know. Like get rid of Aaron Rodgers, but right. like, like in Jameis Winston's case, if Jason Light's gone, that's yeah. that's a pretty good indicator. Especially since this year it would be it's so it's so easy to move on from Winston. Like after this year, because he's just a free agent, just don't re-sign him. Yeah, like you don't have to decide on an option or anything like that. Just don't just don't re-sign him. So if Jason Light's gone, that means that that Winston's gone. 
Yeah, so the biggest storyline of the Buccaneers season coming up again, as we just talked about, is Jameis Winston and his ability to play well enough to get that extra deal from the Bucks. There is uh, some good news out before you go on to your thing. Last thing I will say, silver lining in all this, 7-9, and nine, there's two things. I know it's not playoffs, which people want. One, it's two more wins than last year. That's the first thing. That's yep. improved, right? You you are in a playoff race until like the last month and a half, right? That's you know won some big games, um, and it, it was good. Um, two, this off season you had cap trouble. Next off season you should have some cap flexibility, and you should be able to go out and and not not get three or four stars, but maybe get, you know, some like one star and, and some like, playmakers and like two or three um, other players. Um, so plus the draft, which is a pretty loaded draft again yeah. this year. So um, that's the silver lining in all this. They're not going to have as much cap trouble this in, in this future offseason than they did last offseason. So you won't see them lose guys like Quan Alexander and Adam Humphreys because they can't pay them. Right. Uh, Carl, Carl Nassib and Shaq Barrett are both free agents. I don't think they're going to keep both of them. I think it's going to be one or the other, and it's whoever performs better this season. So like that, like you could see like one of them walk. Yeah. Uh, but then there's guys like – it's like James Winston. But then that, that's it. Like DeMar Dotson, Noah Spence – Ryan Smith, like that's it. Like, yeah, you definitely. don't. And then obviously, like Dominican Sue, I wouldn't bet on Sue coming back. Dion Buchanan, maybe Kevin Minter, maybe, but those guys would be cheaper. Like, you have money. Like, they projected like forty-five million before, like the Winston extension, all that. So, yeah. they're gonna have some money to spend. Absolutely. So a lot of storylines headed into this season. Uh, one of those we just talked about, Jameis Winston, and of course the cap space situation, which can help you out if the season doesn't go as planned. But with it all said and done, Evan and I have our predictions out there. I've got the Bucks going nine and seven with no playoff appearances, and Evan has the Bucks going seven and nine with no playoff so, appearance as well. I'm, assu- I'm assuming you you think Jason Light, James Winston stay as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I think at nine and seven, we've seen Jameis Winston win enough games to uh, to ultimately stick around. I, I still believe he's the guy. I think he can stick around. Okay. So. We talked about the season. We broke it down game by game. We did exactly what we said we were going to come here and do, and that's predict the season. Now, we could be wrong. We probably will oh, we be will wrong. Be. But that's for us to figure out and everybody to cheer along the Bucks every Sunday until we find that out. But we didn't only come here to do season predictions. We're going to close it out with some individual player awards. Now, the lineup of awards we have tonight are Bucks Offensive Player of the Year, Bucks Defensive Player of the Year, Bucks Rookie of the Year, Buccaneers breakout player of the year, and of course, Bucks MVP. So that's just your best damn player on the team. Uh, we'll start with Bucks offensive player of the year. Evan, I'm going to toss this one to you. I think we're going to have pretty similar guys for each of these awards. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of them that are shoe ins. Yeah. Well, yeah. My breakout player might be a little surprised, but. Oh, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, okay. Offensive player of the year, Mike Evans. Yep. Um, yeah, it was, you know, I did give some thought to O.J. Howard. I will admit, I, I gave some thought to O.J. Howard. But at the end of the day, 
he's stay just, healthy. Mike Evans just oh yeah, but Mike Evans and it's just Mike Evans just too good. Like, yeah, he, like there's just nothing like I, I can't. <laughs> Like, he hasn't really been injured, so I can't say you got to stay healthy for him. Um, yeah, he's just too good not to be the offensive player of the year. Yeah, he's in a position where I think he's going to come out have another 1,000-yard receiving season. Um, only only way he's not is if Winston has, like, an MVP season. Right, yeah. So I, I can see him come out, have a dominant performance, and be the best offensive player that this team has. So we can agree on that. Moving on to back, uh, to our prediction for Bucks Defensive Player of the Year, I'll throw mine out and then I'll toss it to you. Uh, another guy that I can kind of assume is going to step up and, and fill the same role that he has these past few years, and that's linebacker Levante David. Uh, he's going to get some help from first-round draft pick Devin White, and I, I think it's going to allow Levante to maybe do some things we haven't seen him do these past two years because if you can use Devin White a little more effectively than you can use Quan Alexander before he gets injured – then maybe we'll see him get some opportunities that he hasn't had these past few years. But I think Levante David is going to be Bucks Defensive Player of the Year. Agreed. Yep, I think uh, he's going to be the Defensive Player of the Year. I didn't really give consideration to anybody else here. Um, I thought it was pretty clear, especially once Jason Pierre-Paul went down. Yeah, that, 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 like, was, that was a big like, thing, too. Like, like, it's tough to, like... It's tough to give Devin White that. It's tough to give a guy like, you know, like Ndamukong Sue, um, anybody in the secondary there is too unproven. So, yeah, um, yeah, I agree with you there. Definitely. So, moving on, I, I think we're going to be three for three on this. I truly do. Yeah. The next award we have is Buccaneers Rookie of the Year. It's hard to say anyone but Devin White. I, I think mm. Devin White is going to be the most effective rookie in his position. He's filling a role where the Bucks needed help at linebacker. And as I just said, uh, he's an important role because something you had talked about, I think, when we were predicting one of the New Orleans games was you can put him in a situation where Devin White can be sent to put pressure on the quarterback. Quarterback can roll out. And if Levante David is in a good enough spot, he can capitalize, clean it up, and maybe even get a sack on the play. The, the, uh, the Texans game. Yeah. The, the Texans, Texans have a bad Watson. offensive line, so. So there's a lot of situations where Devin White can make people around him better. Uh, Second round draft pick Sean Murphy Bunting was somebody that I had thought about as well, but he just doesn't seem like someone who can make everyone around him better from day one. It's too much of a risk right now. Right. So Devin White's going to win rookie of the year for me, and uh, I'm sure he's won it for you as well, right? Yep. Yep, same yeah. reasons. He's just going to be an impact player, and well, like I said, I didn't agree with the pick. I, I, I didn't. It's not that I didn't like the player. It's that I, I thought they should have picked someone else. That's all. Devin White is a heck of a football player, and he's going to be very good for a very long time. Absolutely. So, moving on to our last batch of awards, we have got the Buccaneers breakout player. Uh, last year, I gave this to Vernon Hargraves because I thought he was going to break out. Little did I know he'd get injured and barely see the football field. This did year, too solid, though, before he got injured. He did. He did. And he was coming into his own. He's going to have to step it up this year as well. He's got a very, very, uh, very big role to fill this year. But this year, I'm going to give it to a guy who can benefit kind of the opposite of Devin White. This is a guy who can benefit because of the people around him. A big key player that the Buccaneers brought in this offseason was defensive tackle Indomitus Sue. And I think what we saw with him and Aaron Donald in L.A., he kind of made Aaron Donald better than what he is. You can't take away numbers. Aaron Donald is the best defensive tackle in the NFL. But I don't think he'd get 20 sacks without Indomitus Sue. And with that being said, 
I think Vita Vea is going to have a breakout season. He's not going to put up record-breaking sack numbers. We've already been over this. But I think he's going to play to the best of his ability because he's going to have a solid guy next to him, and he'll live up to that first-round hype. I considered a lot of players for this. Um, obviously, Chris Godwin. Chris, I was between like Chris Godwin and this the guy I picked. Um, also thought a little bit about Ronald Jones. Not gonna lie. Yeah, uh, Peyton. Yeah, he, Peyton he's got some pressure too. Peyton Barber. I thought about a little bit because I think Peyton Barber's gonna have a really good year. Um, not really anybody else. I mean, James Winston doesn't really count for a breakout for me. Um, so I decided that after like long debating Chris Gow and or, or this player, I decided to go with Vita Vea. And, oh, no way. <laughs> um, yeah, I have Vita Vea as my breakout player. And so far, we are four for four. God, I hate same this exact because ones. I hate this because <clears throat> we're probably going to be five for five, too. Yeah, likely. Um, <laughs> well, I... I put Vita Vey because I didn't think you were going to. So, like, that was one of the things. I I was predicting Chris Godwin. I was trying to get Chris Godwin or Vita Vey. I was like, right. he's probably going to pick, like, Godwin or Howard. So, why don't I go with Vea? And it backfired. So, when when you said another key addition to the offseason, I was like, oh. <laughs> you knew immediately. You said, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, my God. Um, Sorry, so, yeah, hey, no, it's no problem. So, yeah, we got the same players. I, I do think that Vita Vea, um, I, I do think he might benefit a little bit from Sue, but I think he's also going to benefit just from having a full training camp in preseason. Yeah. Um, he came on late last year, and I think he's just going to continue that. So I'm not. he's not going to get, you know, he's not going to be a, a Pro Bowl player, but I do think he's good. Also, this means that Vita Vea is not going to be good at all because you predicted Vernon Hargraves last year. I predicted Noah Spence. Oh, stop. Um, Don't even say and that. Also, stop. also I, I love Noah Spence so much that that popped on my mind too, giving oh, it to him. Oh, I know. He, uh, he was actually a name that popped into my head as well, but I just I haven't seen enough from him to be yeah. comfortable in saying he's yeah. going to take a step this year. Yep. So, oh, man. Bucks MVP is the last award we got. <laughs> Moving on to Buccaneers MVP. Oh, man. I've got <clears throat> Mike Evans. Do you also have Mike Evans? I do have Mike Evans. So you both have, we both have Mike Evans. So, we so, both uh, the same exact awards. Sorry, guys. Well, <laughs> here, here's the good thing. Here's the good thing. If if we're, you know, at the end of the year when we're wrong, you can make fun of both of us and not exactly. just one of us. So. Exactly. So season predictions were two games apart. and At uh, least yeah, at least we don't have, like, the same record for season predictions. That, yeah, that's true. I, I might, we might delete, we might as well delete the show if we had the same exact record. <laughs> A couple of Joe Schmoes in here, right? Yeah, just disagreeing with everything everybody <laughs> says. So, that's that, ladies and gentlemen. Also, that's not good news that that we have the same players. Uh, I'm just letting yeah. you know that's not, how is that yeah. good? How yeah, I mean, is that it's, good? It's not that to, it's think so that, to think that we've got the same talent. You know, we're both kind of thinking the same exact thing. But who knows? Maybe there's that a, means. Since we got the same players, that means that there's not enough players on this team to, ooh, maybe him, or it was yeah, Mike Evans or yeah. Levante David Bucks MVP. For Defensive Player of the Year, it was just Levante David. Right. Um, offensive Player of the Year was Mike Evans and maybe a little bit of O.J. Howard, but other than that, Rookie of the Year, Devin White, that was it. Breakout Player of the Year was the, the toughest one, and we yeah. both did the same one. 
Well, hey, we have got a lot to be proven throughout the rest of this year, and we're going to ultimately see how the Bucks can put it together this season. I've had a good time talking about it. I'm sure you've had a good time talking about it. And ladies and gentlemen, for anyone watching along or checking this out afterwards or even listening on iTunes, drop a comment wherever you can and let us know your predictions. Let us know how you think this team is going to do over the 16-game schedule. Let us know how you think they're going to do with – Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. Let us know your Player of the Awards. Throw that stuff out there. You know what I mean? Get at us on social media. Let's get interactive in this thing, and let's get excited for the 2019 Tampa Bay Buccaneers season. Cam, Players Report. First, the, players, the Rookies Report Sunday. That Well, by the way, as of this recording, um, this is we're recording this Friday night. Yep. Um, airing Saturday. So by the time we record this, Devin White may be signed may not um if not he just won't report on sunday it's happened sam Darnold last year it happened with him uh quinn and williams nick bosa they're all not signed either so um it's not the the end it doesn't mean he won't play for the team it just means that it might take you know a few extra days yeah um so um yeah rookies report sunday veterans report thursday and the first practice at one Buccaneer place slash, I guess, Advent Health Training Center is uh, Friday, July 26th. So um, very, just very, around the corner. Yeah, very, very excited to get these guys back in the building. And, of course, if Devin White is signed or if he isn't, we will be right here with you next week to talk about it right around the start of training camp because we have just we have kicked a lot off. Of, we have some stuff to talk about. So. Absolutely. We have just kicked off our new season of coverage, and with that is the 2019 season prediction show. So, ladies and gentlemen, to everyone watching, to everyone listening, we appreciate you for being a part of it, and we hope you were a part of it this 2019 season as we enter our third year of coverage. But with all of that said... That's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon of Fire podcast. Thank you so much for listening or watching with video, whether it was on YouTube or BucksReport.com. Again, another big shout-out to our friends over at BucksReport.com, putting together one of the best damn podcast networks in the game. You have got Real Bucks Talk, Buck What You Heard, the Red Flag Podcast, Buckball Podcast, plenty of great podcasts to go check out. So make sure you go check those guys out. And, of course, doing live shows. Every single Saturday from Ferg's and St. Pete. And again, something I've mentioned before. Coming up this regular season, every single Buccaneers home game, the Cannon Fire podcast and the guys from Bucks Report are going to be out at Ferg's and St. Pete doing an official Tampa Bay Buccaneers watch party. So it's going to be a good time. Make sure you get out and say what's up. But let's get excited for this season, guys. It's going to be a good one. Last but not least, you can check out the show on social media. We are on Instagram at Cannon Fire Podcast. Facebook is Cannon Fire Podcast. And Twitter is just Cannon Fire Pod. You can follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. And you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks Wave. Our little handles right above us on the video portion there if you're watching with us. But ladies and gentlemen, that's all that's got to be said. Our predictions may be wrong. They may be right, but we'll find we'll out. Be wrong. <laughs> we'll find out come December. So thank you so much to everyone for watching. We will catch you guys next time. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.